0: Chair, staff is ready when you are.
1: Thanks very much, Madam Clerk. Uh, Let's go ahead and call the roll to establish a quorum.
0: Council Member Here. Council Member Harris. Here. Council Member Valenzuela. Here. And Chair Chenier.
1: I am here, so let's go ahead and sorry, call this meeting of the Law and Legislation Committee to order since we do have a quorum. Um, Go ahead and uh, see if we can ask Councilmember Guerra to do the land acknowledgement and then Mr. Harris, if you want to lead us in the pledge.
2: Uh, Please rise for the opening acknowledgement in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisenan people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, the Putwin and Winton people, and the people of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federal recognized tribe, and we acknowledge and honor the Native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's Indigenous peoples' history, contribution, and lives. Thank you.
3: And if you'll please salute and pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
1: Thank you, you, Council Member Harris. Thank you, Council Member Guerra. Let's go ahead uh, and get going on this. Uh, We'll start off with our consent calendar. Any comments on that?
4: Yes, Chair, I had a question on item one please go ahead. Thank you. I was hoping the city attorney's office could give us an update on um, the status of the cruising ordinance changes that were put on the log by the council. Um, So I don't know, Mr. Itikaki, if you're prepared to give us a quick update on that.
1: Yes,
2: Uh, good afternoon, council member. Um, I'm not uh, assigned to this ordinance in particular, um, but I do know that our office is actively engaged with staff and the police department
1: to of develop the language from that ordinance and bring back to the committee
4: do you have any eta of the next update to council i have
2: not heard uh, any
1: eta but i could have staff uh, circle back with you to get more details
4: all right thank you just wanted to give that i've been getting a lot of questions so i wanted to give the public update and uh thank you and with that um chair i'm happy to move consent
1: great thank you is there a second second okay and mr itagaki if you could uh Use that technology of texting, and maybe we can get an ETA before the end of the meeting. That would be great, will do. Thank you. All right, we have a motion and a second. Please call the roll.
0: Councilmember Gatta, aye. Councilmember Harris, aye. Councilmember Valenzuela, yes. And Chair Shnier,
1: aye. Okay, let's go ahead to our next item. I'm having a little. Oh, here we go. Sorry. Um, Madam Clerk, do you want to call the next item, please?
0: Yes, thank you. Item four on the discussion calendar is a proposed Panhandle Impact Fee Ordinance.
1: Okay, who's uh, presenting this?
5: Good afternoon, Mary Jean Rodriguez with the Finance Department. The item before you this afternoon is the Panhandle Impact Fee Ordinance. Approval of the proposed ordinance would establish the Panhandle Impact Fee the addition of a new article article 11 to chapter 1856 of the sacramento city code on july 3rd of 2018 council approved the panhandle project entitlements and adopted the panhandle pan unit development public facilities finance plan that identified the infrastructure required for build out and potential financing mechanisms the finance plan considered a panhandle impact fee as one of those funding mechanisms to be established at a later date. An updated finance plan is going to Council on May 31st to reflect current costs and include an exit study to provide the legally required findings necessary for the establishment of the panhandle impact fee consistent with the requirements of the Mitigation Fee Act in AB 602. Next, I'll share a couple of um, Microsoft PowerPoint slides. The first slide is the conceptual panhandle land use and backways exhibit that oh, be- we-
1: we, uh, we don't have anything on the screen. Oh, I'm sorry. No worries.
5: Sorry. You Thank you. The first slide is the conceptual panhandle land use and backways exhibit that will provide graphical illustration of the various land use components and amenities of the panhandle plan area. Actual locations and alignment of roadways, trail corridors, and other public facilities will de- be determined with future small tentative maps or improvement plans. The panhandle is located entirely within the Norton Thomas community planning area. It is located adjacent to city lands on the west and east and adjacent to county lands on the north and south, and is bounded by Elkhorn Boulevard on the north, Sorrento Road and East Levy Road on the east, Del Paso Road on the south. The next slide is the Panhandle Fee Program table. The establishment of the Panhandle Impact Fee will provide $31 million to fund the facilities and infrastructure. Identified in the Panhandle Finance Plan, the proposed Panhandle Impact Fee Program will fund the cost of backbone infrastructure and in public facilities such as on site and off site roadways, sanitary sewer, storm drainage, class one bike trail within Midness Parkway and Sutnip Trail. The project, as prescribed in the developer agreements between the Panhandle developers and the city, will also contribute $9 million to the funding of underfunded North Natomas facilities, including the regional park capital improvements, transit stations, fire facilities, community center, and library by paying the Panhandle DA fee. The center purpose of the Panhandle DA fee is to maintain equity and fairness between the project development and development in the rest of the North Natomas community plan area to equitable participation for public improvements, benefiting both the North and Thomas finance plan area and the panhandle project area. With that said, staff recommends passing a motion forwarding to city council, the proposed panhandle impact the ordinance for approval. Staff are ready to answer any question. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Madam Clerk. Do we have any public comments on this item?
5: I have no hands raised to make
0: comment
1: on this item. Okay, Council Member Harris. Jeff, you're muted.
3: Thank you for that, Jay. I I have a question about the storm drainage fee on the last slide that you just presented. It was 14 million in some. It Mm -hmm. also indicated land acquisition. That seems like a pretty high sum to me. Uh, compared to what you know, the other uh, fees are about. Can you explain that a little more?
5: The the land acquisition is based on um, the acquisition value of what we had in North Thomas to be consistent, and this uh, particular um, cost estimate based on the most recent um, you know benchmark cost estimate provided by um, Harris, their consultant. Um, so, I can actually uh, get back to you to more specific exactly um, the component of, of those estimates. Unless, uh, Sherry, if you have anything to add on that.
6: I do. This is Sherry Smith with the finance department. Um, the reason, too, that this is so large in the panhandle is the panhandle currently has really um, no drainage facilities at all. So, this includes land acquisition of a a really large detention basin. I don't know offhand how many acres, but it is huge. It's up in the um, upper kind of left-hand side, kind of near the school. And so and the reason there's a land acquisition component is because that is from one property owner's property. And so everybody needs to pay into that and share since the whole panhandle benefits from that facility. It also includes all of the costs of the drainage um, pipes and, and facilities. So. Um, for the whole panhandle it is high um, it's not as high in North Natomas and that's because North Natomas chose CFDs and Mellow Roos Mm -hmm. and assessment districts as a way to fund a lot of the drainage infrastructure there and these landowners when they annexed into the city did not want that they wanted it in a a fee program
1: okay that helps that's pretty clear thank you Sherry very good Okay, any other comments? Is there a motion? Mr. Chair, I'll move the item. And I'll second. The motion and a second, please call the roll.
0: Council Member Gatta. Aye. Council Member Harris. Aye. Council Member Valenzuela. Yes. And Chair Chenier.
1: Aye, thank you very much. Uh, Let's go to, and thank you, Ms. Rodriguez, appreciate it. Um, Let's go to item five, uh, vacant lot registration. Peter,
7: is this you? Yes, it is me. So good afternoon, afternoon. Um, I'm Peter Lemos, Code and Housing Enforcement Chief with Community Development Department. So we're here today to provide some information on the vacant lot registration ordinance and to request the committee to provide traction to staff on the recommended amendments to the Sacramento Code 8.136, relating to the registration of vacant lots and the added waivers for vacant lot program. On May 22nd, 2018, City Council adopted Chapter 8136 to the Sacramento City Code relating to the registration of vacant lots. The ordinance was established to provide, um, prevent blight, encourage development, and ensure maintenance of the vacant lots. Key provisions of the program included annual registration of the vacant lots, requiring a local, local contact uh, representative, provide definition of vacant lots, require posting signage on the nuisance lots that um, would identify the property owner and the vacant lot program and nuisance lot monitoring fees. The code did not include specific um, sections for exemptions of the code uh, when it was adopted or a waiver of any of the registration fees. And December of 2018, City Council approved the vacant lot program uh, and nuisance yeah. lot fees. These fees offset the cost to administer the program and to register the properties. City Council also adopted um, to add two full-time uh, support personnel for the program. No additional code enforcement staff were added at the time. The intent was to to implement the program, uh, get the properties registered and evaluate the need for any enforcement staff. Staff has developed and implemented the registration program. Um, It included creating systems to allow property owners to register and pay program fees online. During the time, uh, staff also conducted extensive uh, outreach to educate the property owners and stakeholders about the program and its requirements. Initially, staff registered um, or I'm sorry uh, sent out notices to approximately 6,000 parcels. This uh, was significant as there was real estate development happening and the exclusion of lots which did not meet the criteria of vacant lot as defined by the code and reduced the number of properties subject to the ordinance. Currently, approximately 3500 vacant lots um, have registration mailed to them yearly. Initially, um, staff conducted this and we've seen a lot of changes happen. When the ordinance was adopted, it did not define specific exemptions. This has been a time-consuming problem and uh, with designating vacant lots that they may be exempt from the code. For example, staff discovered that many property owners of of vacant lots often had exclusions to their primary residence as it was uh, connected to their primary residence. It may have been a small parcel that was actually a property garden or something and you couldn't define it separate from their current primary residence. The ordinance does not allow for any exceptions of vacant lots uh, registration fee if the parcel is maintained or is any part of the primary residence. To improve program administration and clarify vacant lots subject to the code after meeting with council member staff and constituents, staff recommends amending the vacant lot ordinance to add a section defining exceptions for waivers of the registration fee. The waiver of the fee does not reduce the labor needed for staff to process the waivers as we still have to verify all the lots It only exempts them from paying the fee. The additions to A136 include a structure is being constructed on the vacant lot under active building permits. A vacant lot is used as an extension of the primary residence and meet all the following criteria. It's immediately adjacent to the primary parcel. It's uh, the primary parcel has the identical ownership and the parcel is not in violation of the code, which is the municipal code, so it's being maintained. Uh, the fee waiver waiver be valid for one year uh, staff recommends the approval of the changes of the ordinance adding 8.136080 a waiver of vacant lot program fee and move forward to council for approval of these
1: changes right. thank you mr Limos. uh madam clerk do we have any public comment on this item
0: chair i show no hands raised to make public comment on this item
1: okay council member harris uh
3: yeah thank you chair Peter I have a couple of uh, thoughts here you know if a if a developer subdivides an area and creates a lot of lots I suppose they could be considered vacant lots but it seems to me unduly burdensome to have them have to register those lots just after having gotten the map and subdivided so I would I would uh, provide direction that you work with the industry to um Maybe create an exclusion for newly divided lots in in a a frequent uh, recent subdivision. Additionally, this doesn't happen often, but there are a few areas in the city where there's current agricultural use on lots. So they appear vacant, but they're actually in agricultural production. And it seems to me it would be appropriate to create an exemption and fee waiver for those particular areas as well. So that would be my direction to you to work with the industry about subdivisions and uh, look at the agricultural exemption as well.
7: Okay, Uh, the the one with the subdivisions is a little tricky as if um, they subdivide and go into immediate construction, it's not an issue. Our our issue comes when there is a lack of time. And then all of a sudden we have a hundred parcels that we have to individually register and provide waivers for. It's an incredible amount of labor to do that with no fees um, to cover the cost. So we'll work with the industry to um, reach out to see if we can make contact with some of them to uh, see how we can put some provision in there that uh, I'm not sure if it's a time limit on the time that they have to begin construction um, from the time the lot lines are adjusted and parcels are divided. Um, We ran into this problem in the past where parcels were then uh, sold by the parcel, sold by the you know the, the development didn't, didn't stay as a whole. Um, so yes, we can we can work with them and figure out how to how to come to some sort of uh, agreement.
3: Yeah, my immediate thought was that a time limit would be appropriate, and also and perhaps another consideration is if they have actual building permit pulled for that parcel, because that clearly shows intent to get moving on the project. But as you know, there can be construction delays. But um, you know, maybe a year's time frame from subdivision, uh, and if they have pulled an, a permit, it uh, it sort of changes the thought process there. So those are just my thoughts right now. But uh, yeah, have a chat with the industry and see what you can come up with.
7: Okay, yeah, the one uh, very first provision does kind of address the building permits. So once they have a building permit and we see some sort of uh, activity, then that, that provides the exemption. So even the infrastructure in there, because that, that means they're grading the land and running infrastructure to begin, um, which does away with a lot of our nuisance issues. Yeah. So that, that that part would be covered, but it would be the uh, one year from subdivision.
1: Okay, sounds great. Thank you, Peter. Okay. Thank you, Councilmember Valenzuela.
4: Thanks. I think my pro tem um had his hand throws up, so I'll let him go. Yeah, that's
1: okay. We're going to let you go first anyway. Oh,
4: okay. <laughs> thanks. Uh, so, uh, yeah, thank you for that. I was going to um, make a note of the thoughtfulness here and including the building permits and all of that, Peter. And I appreciate that community gardens are included as not a vacant lot under the definition very explicitly. You know, this is a little bit of a tangent, but on the last time you brought this forward, we were talking about the urban ag incentive zone. And I wanted to give a quick thanks to Brenda from the Food Policy Council for bringing up that the, the were out of date because that caused us to huddle with the county team and realize that it is still an active incentive program. So the city websites have been updated. And I'm wondering if you've given any thought to the conversation we started when you came to Law & Ledge, I think in January or February, um, about how do we educate maybe some of these vacant landowners on, you know, hey, if it's a community garden on here, it's, it's exempt and here's this incentive program and to help sort of pair up folks who might be interested in using those lots with owners who might benefit from having those lots used for that purpose.
7: So currently the um, site does speak of uh, what are vacant lots and it says that if a vacant lot is used for a activity being used for a community garden, then it's not considered a vacant lot. Um, to get specific into that urban lots, then we could look at it just additional um, information on the websites and in the mailings.
4: Yeah, I think that would be great if like when we send out the notification of property owners, we said, hey, there's this program. Not only do you not count as a vacant lot if you're doing it, but you can actually get a tax incentive that's still active um, for, for doing that. And, um, you know, maybe we could put the contact info for someone like the Food Policy Council or try to figure out how to match me. Because that's been a challenge when I was running that coalition. We would find these great lots and we could never get a hold of these owners to say, hey, this is a great lot. And I can see you're having trouble maintaining it. Like, let us use it for a garden. And sometimes it would take months or years for us to get a hold of that. So we'd we'll just love to keep thinking about how we can be more active stewards of making those connections with the community. Um, and that's it. Thank you, Peter, yeah, for thank your you work we, on
2: this. Really yeah, great we'll,
1: job. We'll definitely uh, add it to our outreach. Thank you. Uh, Council Member Guerra.
2: Uh Thank you very much, Mr. Chair. First, uh, let me thank you, Peter, for this effort. Uh, Council Member Chenier and I, the Chair, and I uh, brought this forward a while back ago because of the number of uh, vacant lots. Uh, frankly, many of the large lots uh, where you had landlords who had neglected it uh, that created, you know, places for illegal dumping and blight. Uh, many of these in our commercial corridors. And so, uh, this this was an effort to one, uh, we had no record of who had a vacant lot or who was the owner. So this was a a, a very massive undertaking. Like any policy, it comes with the with these challenges. And so, uh, you know the uh, the, the issue came about where we had many people who had purchased multiple lots, one where, where a home was next to it, also to be able to use it for adjacent you know, uh, use and captured a, a lot of families, and particularly in the South area, some of them with historic, uh, back to, to the time of redlining, where they couldn't buy land north of Fruit Ridge. So they had to buy land and in hopes that they could build out for their families since there was a concern about you know where they could have Uh, space and uh, and the the properties were well maintained they were adjacent to the the home Uh, and so you had that issue so I I think the recommendation that the staff has put forward here is a is a good one I support that and I'd like to make sure that we have that come back making sure that we waive or exempt those properties that have uh, vacant lots that are adjacent to them that that are part of the home essentially and they're managed and maintained um, and we added that in a number of places throughout the entire city. Uh, the second piece here on the ag land, uh, you know, not just I mean, community gardens obviously are are, you know, small plots or whatnot. But particularly you, if you go on Lemon Hill, you'll see that uh, many of the Mong community have active use vacant lots for active farming, uh, you know, large scale farming. So what that I think the active um, agricultural use is good in the north area. Sacramento is still one of the last urbanized cities that still has ranching going on and grazing. Uh, And uh, even, uh, uh, you know, we still have uh, uh, the active agriculture happening within our city limits. So I think the exemption is good. Uh, I also agree with the, uh, the one year uh, waiver for new records. It just gives at least the, both the city and the property owners to figure out the administrative challenge of, Uh, particularly when there's a lot of subdivisions that have been brought forward. So um, one year is good if it, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, these, these projects, uh, they're, they're significant in size. So I don't want to be prescriptive. Uh, Two years could be good as well. And I'll leave that up to the staff and the industry to figure out what's an appropriate time uh, as well. Uh, But, uh, but definitely not going too far. off. I think we want to make sure that we're we're tracking that. So um, um, uh, I think uh, making sure that and we just give people time to, to bring that forward. So I do want to thank uh, you know, Peter for, for uh, the work here and also listening to the constituents about their particular challenges uh, with their, the, the lots that were adjacent to their property that were well-maintained. Uh, in many cases, they were also used for agricultural purposes for themselves too. So with that, uh, Mr. Chair, I also want to thank your team. I know your staff, uh, uh, count, uh, council mercenary, were deeply involved in putting together the vacant lot ordinance as well. And many community members who were concerned about areas where uh, no activity was happening, where development could be happening, and were uh, and, the, and the lots were just used for illegal dumping. And uh, in some cases, we know that the tax system favors, and, and people can use that when uh, when they can claim the loss with the vacant lot. So uh, I think uh, I think this is moving in the right direction, Mr. Chair. And I hope uh, you know, Mr. Lemos, if uh, if that's enough direction, I hope we can move this. Uh, Pretty judiciously, and provide some relief to people who are getting the uh, the fees right now for maintaining their, their particular lots.
1: So, um, Mr. Chair, I, still,
2: I think I, I think we uh, we still have public comment as well.
1: Yeah, we have uh, we have one member of the public who wishes to speak. Thank you, Chair um,
0: Victor Riviera.
1: Or a few. Hi. hi, 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 hi. Oh.
0: Victor, if you'll mute the if you'll mute the audio on the device you're watching the meeting. I don't know how don't to do know, that.
1: If, do that. If, if you're watching, just turn down the volume to zero on what you're watching. There you go. <laughs> Why don't we hold on that uh let's go to uh angel or Inhal solis Good afternoon council members i'm not a member of the public um
7: part of the city attorney's office i just had a, a question regarding a uh, clarification for the direction for staff if there was uh, any um uh, time limit as to the agriculture component i know you mentioned it on the subdivision one um is there um or, or would you like staff to uh, w- w- figure that out with the constitution? that, you know, if hasn't been used for an agricultural purpose for a uh, specific amount of time? Um, or... Yeah, I
3: didn't really envision a time limit as long as it's under agricultural use. In other words, being cultivated or actively grazed, uh, that, that would be the consideration. If agricultural operations cease, then it seems to me it would be appropriate then to approach the, the, the landowner. That was my original thought, but certainly open to your ideas as well.
1: Thank you. That was the that answers my question. Appreciate it. Yeah, right. Thank you.
4: Language as it is and how that's okay, <laughs> just to make it less confusing.
1: Um, Mr. Rivera, do you wanna try again?
0: Mr. Rivera, you'll need to unmute.
1: Hello. Hello. Hello? Hello? Yes, go ahead. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes.
2: Okay. I just I I wanted to say something before Eric, but he he, basically he covered it. We you know, and and these changes suggested uh, make sense to me as a property owner. We have a property. We have. It looks our our property looks like one piece of property. It looks like a park. It's beautiful. It doesn't. It uh, doesn't. It doesn't look like a vacant lot. Uh, Even the title vacant lot doesn't doesn't fit. You know, it's all one property. Um, uh, We have three lots. One of them has a house on it. The other two lots are grass or trees or plants. And I just wanted to say thanks for doing this work. I appreciate it. I've been paying the fees, but I'd rather not. Thank you.
1: Okay. Thank you very much. So, Mr. Lemos, do you have enough direction here, and if so, what's the will of the committee? Do you want us to come back to Law and Ledge, or are you comfortable pushing it over to um, the council once Mr. Limos gets the amendments?
3: so chair i'm comfortable with it going straight to council i, th- I think that okay. the amendments that peter has proposed uh, are really good and the direction is clear enough that i think it's it's ready for council consideration
1: mr gary you're in the same place
2: yeah i would concur too i think you know the sooner we can provide some relief and some uh, uh, predictability for the landowners both on the development side and on the ag side and then just homeowners it would be helpful <clears throat>
1: okay and Ms. valenzuela yeah the draft that
4: you provided us peter is very detailed and, and very good so i'm happy with the changes suggested
1: okay why don't we why don't we move it then with the yeah. uh, the amendments covered in the direction given by uh the committee thus far oh, and no. that uh, once that's done it goes so I have a motion and a second madam clerk please call the roll
0: chair will you reiterate who made that motion in the second
1: uh, Mr. Harris and Mr. Guerra, in that order.
0: Thank you, Councilmember Guerra. Aye. Councilmember Harris. Aye. Councilmember Valenzuela. Yes. And Chair Chenier.
1: And I. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Limos. Great work. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, uh, any other comments by members of the committee? Uh,
2: yes, Mr. Uh, Chair, I've got uh, uh, a couple of co- uh, comments here. Um, hold on one quick second, if I can pull up my notes here. Um, particularly um, related to uh, ensuring, and this is for Mr. Lemos, I know we've, we've talked a little bit about this uh, with code, uh, related to uh, uh, monitoring Airbnb rentals or other short-term rentals, you know, ERVO uh, What I'd like to make sure is one, um, that uh, particularly those that are not owner-occupied and properties, uh, notif- that we notify property owners when they have met their 90-day uh, limit. I know some some people are renting out longer than 90 days and these are short-term rentals. Uh, and I think it's it's both good for the uh, residents and also uh, ensuring that the property owners meet their, their situation and that they're aware that there's a 90-day limit here. Uh, we know we've had cases here where people have added, extended that. So, uh, but, and also uh, we wanna continue also look at uh, for those that have that are paying their fines as well and we're still connecting collecting fees on, on that I want to want to uh, deal with that uh, situation we're finding them and collecting fees at the same time when they've extended their 90 day but, uh, but first and foremost I want to deal with making sure that we're notifying those who, have, who are those, uh, those folks who are using their airbnbs and going further on than the 90 days.
7: Okay, okay. Just to be clear, that um, we do not uh, community development code enforcement does not um, administer this program or regulate this program. Um, it's administered and regulated through our Department of Finance um, permitting. They they oversee the program, and administer the program. Uh, if they beco- if they come across a property that's in violation and haven't um, haven't uh, Met the needs or their of their requirements, so they've sent them that violation notices and such, and they failed to comply. At that point, they turn it over to code enforcement only for the enforcement part of of um, of what the code has been violated with all of the outreach, the notice of violation, everything else. So we're only the enforcement arm of of uh, short term rentals. We don't administer the program, regulate the program, or permit the program.
2: Thank you, Mr. Lemus, and I guess if I could ask Mr. Chair, if uh, Mr. Lemus or uh, Consuelo, if you don't mind coordinating with the appropriate Assistant City Manager to um, uh, might be uh, uh, Assistant City man- Manager uh, Millstein to uh, figure out which, what's the best way to connect these two together, okay. and uh, with, you know, with that, Mr. Chair, I, that, that's all I have at, at the moment here.
1: Okay, uh, so Mr. Hernandez, uh, I'm assuming you can do that, and we'll oh, put that on the log and yeah. see what to
5: do. Yes. Yeah. Mr.
2: Church, sorry for, I did have one more. Um, and I don't know if we, if it, it needs to be an issue, but I know we had uh, 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 Mr. Lemus, if, if, it, if, I don't know if it needs to be an ordinance or not, but I'd like to at some point, make sure that we're coordinating with the uh, real estate industry. I know there's new products coming on such as open door that are online products and that there, there have been some challenges with that. Uh thank you for your team for going out and addressing some of the nuisance issues with with this product, but I'd like to f- figure out if, if at some point we can get a report back on on how that, uh, how, that how that is uh, we're managing the new uh, types of, uh, of, of real estate options that they're available, but this open door a type of online platform kind of created a, a, a little bit of a mess uh, in some of uh, places around around the city. Okay, great
1: um mr harris
3: yeah question for consuelo uh consuelo do you have a time when the sidewalk ordinance will come to LNL? it's getting rather critical
1: i think it's scheduled for our next meeting okay that would be fantastic is, is that right consuelo
5: um yes i believe that's the direction the city attorney's um office is taking yep.
3: there right. thank you thank you for that consuelo and just since you're there, uh, I got your missive about Senator Padilla's office and I will
1: provide comment. Okay.
3: Thank you, Chair. That's it.
1: All right. Seeing no nothing else, uh, we are adjourned. We'll see everybody at two o'clock.